You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we welcome back a longtime friend of mine and an old friend of the show, Brian McDonald, who produces the Triple Threat on Sports Radio 610 which, as many of you know, airs every weekday from 2 to 6 p.m. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. My co-host, Brian Patterson, from House of Houston with the day off. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Before I bring in Brian, just a quick congratulations to Whitney Merciless, who's the Texans nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Whitney launched his own foundation, With Mercy, which supports families of children with disabilities and special needs. His foundation has donated more than $325,000 to services for families of children with disabilities and academic programs servicing the special needs population. So congratulations to Whitney on that honor. And let me bring in Brian. And Brian, you know it's tough to outman of the year J.J. Watt, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, those are those are some big shoes to fill. Some oh, what forty million dollar shoes to fill. But uh, congratulations to Whitney. He's always been uh, one of the more pleasant guys to deal with uh, as far as what we do in the media. Always a great quote. Always thoughtful and obviously very generous with his time and money. Have you been to his restaurant yet? I have not. I, I we we had him on. Uh, during the off season, I can't remember exactly what part, or maybe it was on Texans radio. Regardless, I was listening, but he mentioned that he was going to be doing some restaurants and it sounded like he was going to be doing a concept where it changed every year. Uh, but I haven't made it out. Have you? I haven't been there. It's funny. I, I was in the area. I was actually just walking by the restaurant and going to another store in the area. And, you know, you see Whitney, he's standing out front, uh, talking with people, shaking hands and everything like that. So he, he's there. He's, he's around that place for sure. Uh, and I'm not there at the, in that area all the time. So it was crazy that I just see him out front just hanging out. But, uh, hey, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the Texans, they've won nine straight. They're the hottest team in the NFL. I've, I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've heard those rumors. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think? What, what do you think about what's going on? And, and what do you think uh, of all the stuff that you've seen from the Texans this year? What what aren't people talking about enough? Is there anything that you've got on your mind that you know people just uh, they, they haven't focused on it as much with uh, some of the stuff that's going on with the Texans this year? Well, I think obviously when it comes to the Texans, people always want to talk about Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney. Those guys have always performed. And I don't know if I want to say that no one's talking about this. I don't know if it goes quite that far. But one of the things I've most been most happy with, most uh, surprised by in some aspects, and just been been a joy to watch this year are the play of the of their safeties. Because Robert, you and I know this as people have watched this team since the team uh, first took the field in 2002. This is not only the first time the Texans have had two great safeties. This is the first time the Texans have had a great safety. Maybe you could say Glover Quinn, but that was kind of a you know one-year thing. But the play of Tyron Matthew, the rookie Justin Reed, Kareem Jackson when he's played safety, even Andre Howe, who's uh, beat cancer and had an interception last week against Cleveland. Uh, the play of the safeties has been phenomenal, which I think is big because we've seen all the injuries um, that have happened at cornerback. Uh, obviously, Kevin Johnson's been out. Aaron Colvin missed, uh, I think, four or five weeks. Jonathan Joseph, who's played pretty well uh, over most of the season, but you know he's he's a guy in his his uh, I think he's around 33, 34 years old, so he's certainly lost a few steps. So I think the play of those two safeties or three safeties, including Kareem or four even, including Andre Howe, 
has uh, really solidified the back end of that defense and given some questionable corners the, I guess, the, the safety net that they needed. And if we're talking about what the Texans have done at safety, Justin Reed, Ty Matthew, those additions, uh, you look at Jordan Thomas, looks like that might have been a decent pick. I mean, All he, he does is catch touchdowns. Yeah, he's the Chris Carter uh, of a new generation here. I mean, Brian Gain, uh, that, that's a huge positive for this year. They might have find a, found a GM that can draft it in more than the first round and, and, and pick up, do more than get a couple of really uh, good free agents. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I was actually having this conversation with a coworker the other day. And, you know, we hear some of the audio from Brian Gann on the different Texans shows. He, do, he doesn't really join 610 much, but, you know, he's on the on the Texans radio shows. And thank God he's a good GM because he is boring on the radio. And I don't say that to bury the Texans radio shows because they do good work. But I, I, I would rather have a boring GM who nails his picks than the opposite. And where it shows up is what you just mentioned. What we've talked about, unfortunately, uh about Rick Smith when he was here, his, I guess, eight, 10 years here as general manager was, okay, he's nailing these first round picks, but he's bombing every third, fourth, fifth, et cetera. And you just mentioned it, Justin Reed, third round pick. uh, uh, Thomas, I believe, was a six round pick. So they've, I mean, we haven't seen much yet from uh, a few guys like Rakin and uh, Aikens, but, you know, overall, he was handed a draft class where it was missing its first and second round picks, and he had to succeed in a place where uh, Rick Smith never did, or rarely did, at least. And he did, and he's got big-time co- uh, contributors with both Jordan Thomas and, uh, and Justin Reed. Yeah, Jordan Akins, uh he's still going to be a question mark. You know, just looking towards next year, I don't know what you think, but it feels like Ryan Griffin and Jordan Akins are the same guy, so I, I still feel like... Yeah, they need to go out and get somebody at at, at tight end that can block a little bit, you know, just just a little bit, you know, and and they don't even have to be a great pass catcher, but just somebody that you can trust more blocking for the run in the pass. I mean, I think Jordan Thomas, if we're looking down the road, is probably going to be your starting tight end because that guy is what, like six, six, two fifty. I mean, he's a huge guy. Um I know he's not a finished product as far as his blocking goes. That wasn't I don't think he was known as being a, a lockdown blocker. But I mean he certainly got the the size and physical skill set to do so. So if they're able to coach him up because you're right. I mean it's nice to have guys who can receive or guys who can block, but when the defense knows, okay, that guy's the receiving tight end, oh, that guy's the blocking tight end, then it takes a lot of the guesswork out of their def- defensive preparation. So it's always nice to have, and I'm not breaking news here, but it's always nice to have a guy who can do both. That way it makes the defense guess a little more. Yeah, they're going to have to, I think they still need to add somebody in the offseason. You don't have to do that in the early rounds of some, somebody you could get in, in the later rounds. I, I did want to ask you about Bill O'Brien because we talked a little bit about him earlier this week and and maybe getting an, a, a sort of postseason award that nobody would have ever expected about nine weeks ago. Uh, before I ask you about that, just want to make sure uh, to remind everybody to follow um, Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. It's our Locked On NFL podcast network where you get all of the experts in one feed on Twitter, which is perfect when the games are going on simultaneously or uh, you know, Sundays, it's great. And then when news is breaking, I mean, just to, to get everybody's reaction, it's pretty cool. So just locked on NFL net on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, all the, 
uh, NFL guys. We got store the little one minute pocket size uh, audio on Instagram. So you, you can get that. Just kind of see what's going on, see what people are talking about with some of the other teams as well. So make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Brian, we talked earlier in the week. We we're going over the candidates uh, for NFL Coach of the Year this year, and you know, a worst case scenario, I think the Texans still win eleven games after going zero and three. To me, I mean, I looked looked around at the other candidates, and with everything that the Texans have dealt with and what they what they were last year at, at four and twelve, I mean, Ob looks like he's the front runner. I mean, I, I kind of went over candidate by candidate, and I, I, he's the front runner for Coach of the Year to me. I don't want to come and just completely dismiss what you're saying because uh, I don't completely disagree. I would He would certainly be in my top four, maybe top three, but I would probably have both Matt Nagy with what he's done with that Chicago team leading their division, uh, especially with a quarterback who I, I thought Trubisky was garbage last year. And I think while Trubisky's played well, the offensive system and the grooming Matt Nagy has done with Trubisky deserves most of that credit. And I also think you have to give a lot of credit to someone we often uh, make fun of, especially around playoff time with his clock management. But Patrick Mahomes had one career NFL start coming into the season, and now the Chiefs are, what, 10-2? and two? So I'd probably put Andy Reid and Matt Nagy uh, ahead of Bill O'Brien. Not that that's a slight to Bill at, at all, because what he's done literally is an NFL record. No team has ever done what they've done so far, ripping off nine straight after – an 0-3 start, and I'd look, I mean, he's got a lot of offensive weapons around. I mean, I think the the talent on the roster will probably um, take off McVay because people are going to go, oh, well, all he has to do is roll the ball out like a, a lot of people will say about Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich in different sports. But, I mean, same thing. Jared Goff looked like a terrible quarterback in his rookie year. Then McVay got there, and all of a sudden Goff is, is lighting the world on fire. So I, I think Nagy and McVay deserve a lot of credit for the success their quarterbacks are having, and I'd probably have all three of those in front of O'Brien. Right, and and the thing about Nagy, I think Nagy, you make a great point with him. Uh, Andy Reid, it, it's going to be tougher just because it wasn't like the Chiefs were bad last year, and and Pat Mahomes, uh, he's got some skills. You know, it's not like... he, he does, but I mean, they're changing quarterbacks. Uh, in Mahomes, he's he's going in with a quarterback with only uh, two, with only one career start. So, I mean, there there is something that he had to overcome. It was Patrick Mahomes, while he dazzled us at Texas Tech. When, you know, we were watching games on Saturdays. He was an, he was virtually an unknown as far as being proven as an NFL talent coming into the season, and they've had the best offense in the league. I keep making the point, and I don't know if you agree with me. It, it, it's, it's. I can't even think of a, a guy around the NFL that I'm more excited to watch week in and week out if he's on TV than Pat Mahomes. No, there's, there's not. And I wasn't a believer. I'll eat the crow on that. I was not a believer in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, maybe it was partly the, the bias of, uh, of you know, the kind of the Texas Tech quarterbacks. The what, the, what has been the track record on them. Uh, his propensity to put up too many passes into trouble that could get intercepted. But he he has, other than Aaron Rodgers, maybe more arm talent than I've seen from a quarterback in the last 20 years. I mean, some of the throws he makes on the run, co- uh, contorting his body, and still, I mean, he's running away from his, his, uh, away from his throwing side, full sprint, and he's able to contort his body in air, 
and get squared up to deliver the most beautiful spiral, perfect on uh, accurate pass that you've ever seen. And I've just never seen any other quarterback recently do that other than Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's in year one, essentially. Uh, He hasn't even had 16 career starts yet. So you never know if there'll be uh, kind of a sophomore adjustment once teams catch up and have a lot of film on them, like we saw with the great rookie year that Robert Griffin uh, III had, although I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is RG3. So there might be a little bit of a slide, um, but Mahomes is amazing. So I completely agree with what you said there. I don't know how you're feeling. Like, what's the feeling over at the radio station? Because with the Texans winning nine in a row, I just expected this city to be more excited about the Texans right now. And I, I, I'm just not feeling that. Yeah, I, I think it's mixed. I, I don't think you're wrong in saying that. I, I do think it's mixed. I think a lot of people are excited. Uh, you know, J.J. Watt has 11 and a half sacks. That was a big question mark coming the season. Could J.J. ever be the old J.J.? And he's been every bit of that. So that's been uh, really exciting. Uh, Lamar Miller is suddenly breaking out of nowhere. He's averaging five yards a carry. But I think a lot of the... And I think it's unfair when people bring this up, but I think a, a lot of the, I guess, skepticism comes from um, their schedule. And people are like, oh, you know, they, they got lucky to beat the Colts because Frank Reich went for it on fourth down in overtime. Oh, they got lucky to beat the Redskins and the Broncos because they missed uh, kicks at the end of the game. Um, and, you know, same thing with the Cowboys with Jason Garrett not going for it on fourth down. when they had, I think they had fourth and one at midfield with, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. So there's been a lot of poo-pooing of their schedule. But when you go back and look at it, okay, they beat a, te- a Broncos team that didn't seem great at the time, but then that Broncos team went on to beat the Chargers and the Steelers. Okay, they beat a, a Titans team recently that had you know has been demolished by uh, or was demolished by uh, Indianapolis the week before. But that same Indianapolis or that same Titans team beat the Patriots pretty handily. Same thing when you look at the Cowboys. Okay, the Cowboys at the time they played them didn't look like world beaters. But they went on and beat the Saints just last Thursday night. So I think, you know, at the time that schedule looked soft, but now you're going back and looking at some of these teams that the Texans have beat and who they've gone on to beat after that. And you have to change your your mindset on the Texans' schedule. And I think the other part of maybe the fans not having or media not having the level of excitement that we would think they'd have from a nine-game winning streak is, looking back last year, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he was putting up Basically the same stats that Patrick Mahomes is putting up now. Not quite to the same level, but pretty damn close. And they've had to, because of the offensive line that they've put in in front of uh, Deshaun Watson, really reel back the the amount of times they've let him pass. I mean, when you look at the, the Texans over their first, certainly over the first three games, of which they all lost, but even I think the first five, the amount of pass attempts he had over those games, it was around 32 to where he's at now over uh, most of this winning streak, it's in the low 20s. And so because they've had to reel back his pass attempts to protect him, he's not putting up those eye-popping numbers that just made the city go gaga with what he was able to do over the six starts last year. So I think that's also part of it as well. Yeah, this whole thing about luck, too, I, I think people forget in sports, luck plays a factor. Yeah, you're not penalized for luck. You know, <laughs> it all counts the same. Yeah, you don't win Super Bowls without, you know, being healthy, uh, having a ball bounce the right direction. I mean, I mean, how many times does the team with the best record in the NFL win the Super Bowl? Not often. I don't have the exact percentage in front of me, but it's around fifty percent or maybe even less. So yeah, certainly 
luck and health always factor in. So, hey, if you have that on your your favor, then good for you, because last year the Texans did, and half their roster was on IR. Uh, if you don't think luck plays a factor, go watch that 2007 Super Bowl with Eli Manning and the Patriots. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the, the David Tyree catch. How could you say that was anything but luck? All right, I, I want to get uh, your thoughts on the ceiling of this team in a second. But first, just to remind everybody that if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends. Let them know we're on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, just so many ways you can uh, eat up our material. And you can also support us by sharing our, so- our show links with your social media followers on Twitter and Facebook. And, and, and also take a few seconds and say something nice about us on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. You know, been going back and forth with a few people uh, via email. Uh, I will answer the, the questions if I can. We'll, we'll talk about the stuff that you think is interesting if we're not talking about it. So again, LockedOnTexans at Mail.com to reach us. All right, Brian, last thing I got for you is just I want to look at uh, what this team is capable of, what the ceiling of the Texans is this year. You know, what what can they do in the playoffs? What are you expecting, for example, if they win the division and uh, get into the playoffs, can they win a game or two? Oh, uh, they could certainly win a game. I would put that as the floor. Um I mean, if they were to somehow slip into the four seed and then have to face the Chargers, I would feel less confident about it. But I, I do think they, they, they're going to win a game. The question to me uh, on their ceiling is, are they able to win a couple of games or actually probably even win out and get a, get a bye and get, and get that home field advantage in the second round? That changes things dramatically. Um, they're, they're even with the, the, the Patriots on the, on, as far as record, but obviously they have, they lose the tiebreaker because they lost week one at new England, but the Patriots do have a road game at Pittsburgh. So certainly new England could lose there. And then you look at the Chiefs schedule this week, they have the Ravens next week, they have the chargers. And then the week after that, they're at Seattle. So that's a very tough slate for a team that just lost their dynamic running back. So could the Chiefs drop a couple games? They're only one game up, and there's no tiebreaker, uh, or at least head-to-head tiebreaker worked in there. So I think there's a pretty decent chance. Uh, certainly if the Texans went out, uh, and I, I'm currently thinking they're probably going to finish the final four games 3-1 and one with a possible slip-up at Philly. Uh, but even if they go 3-1, and one, I think there's a about a 50-50 chance they end up with a top two seed in a bye. So that changes everything dramatically for me. So I think without the bye, they win their uh, 3-6 match, which right now I, w- I believe would be against the Ravens. Uh, with home field advantage, I think that even puts them into play into being able to beat some of these teams that a lot of people don't think they can be- defeat, like the Steelers and the Patriots. I don't know if I like the matchup um, – against the Chiefs I mean people will say and I don't disagree with it that as good as the Chiefs are on offense the Texans have been equally that good on defense so certainly you could say strength might neutralize strength I just I talked about those older corners and injured corners earlier the the idea of Tyree Kill being lined up against Jonathan Joseph just scares me to death so I, I don't like the matchup against the Chiefs, regardless if it's at Energy Stadium or Arrowhead. But I do think if the Texans have home field advantage, they could defeat the Steelers, they could defeat the Chargers, and they could defeat the Patriots. So I think this team is capable, very capable of making a run to the AFC title game. 
One of our listeners, just uh, Mark, you're out there, I know, and and, and he's been uh, going back and forth with me on this, but you know, he he wants O'Brien's holding back to Sean Watson. He, Deshaun needs to throw the ball more, all that sort of stuff. And and you know, I, I've disagreed on a number of accounts. Uh, mostly, I don't want Watson to die. Uh, the the thing I would, the, the question I would have for guys like that, do you not remember he had to ride a damn bus to Jacksonville because of how many hits he was taking. This is not like. So, oh, he needs to throw more because, look, he cannot make it through the season throwing it as many times as he was throwing it behind this offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that's the point I make. But, you know, we're talking about the playoffs, and and, and I'll make this point also. Uh, Bill O'Brien might understand that, look, you're going to face the Chiefs or the Chargers or the Patriots, all these incredible offenses. If you're the Texans, you win in the playoffs against these teams – by ball control you know the old Gary Kubiak formula we're going to win time of possession we're going to keep the other team off the field you know just a case in point uh if anybody forgot go look at the Bills Giants Super Bowl in the early 90s and everybody they came in that game everybody said oh the the Bills offense is just incredible and you know there's no way the Giants can score with them and they just kept them off the field they kept the ball for 40 minutes of that game and you know, the, the, the Bills offense couldn't get up and down. And I mean, that's that's p- part of football is like that's how you can win in the playoffs, especially in a matchup against the Chiefs, because as dynamic as the Chiefs are on offense, they've been a pretty bad defense this year. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Lamar Miller is averaging five yards a carry. You're getting Deontay Foreman back. Uh, so I, I you're absolutely right. If you think you're going to go out and beat the Chiefs the same way the Rams did on that fantastic Monday night game, you're delusional. They're not going to win a boat race with the Chiefs. You're going to get run off the field if you try to play that way, and you might get Deshaun Watson killed in the process. So, yeah, it's your, your best chance is to run Lamar Miller, especially against a defense that hasn't been able to stop the run all year. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and limit his opportunities to get Tyreek Hill past you know 35-year-old Jonathan Joseph and in, into the end zone for easy touchdown. So, yeah, there, it's a number of things. I think your best weapon against these teams that score 35 points a game is to keep those offenses off the field, which means running the ball more, throwing it less. And it can't be said enough that this team started winning when Watson started throwing less. That's not a shot against Watson and his ability or his, uh, you know, his future as a as a as an every as a uh, franchise quarterback. It's just a matter of fact of this offense offensive line isn't good enough to let him drop back thirty five times a game. Agreed, a hundred percent. Before I let you go, you're, you're hosting a new fantasy show, right? Yeah, that's right. The Fantasy Four. It's uh, myself, Josh Beard, Kyle King, and Joe George. Uh, we're on um, every Friday night from eight to nine. Well, this Friday will be eight to nine on Sports Radio six ten. And then the three following weeks, we'll actually have two hours, 8 to 10 p.m. on Friday night, uh, breaking down everything in fantasy football. It's a lot of fun. It's honestly one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on. I don't say that just to blow smoke up our butt, but it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you'll get good information, and uh, yeah, it's a good time. So the Fantasy Four, 8 to 10, Sports Radio 610 on Fridays. I see on your Twitter handle, USA Boxing Official. What's that about? Oh, we, have we never talked about that? I don't think so. I thought so. you knew I was a boxing guy. No, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, well, I haven't been as active this year, uh, just stepping up and taking more jobs else, elsewhere, though I, I did work the, the Golden Gloves um, in the spring. But yeah, it's, uh, it's the amateur boxing. Um, USA Boxing is the governing agent of, you know, the Olympic, like basically they're the, the, uh, 
the overall organizing body of Olympic boxing in America. And what I do is I would officiate uh, mostly either uh, judge the matches or serve as a timekeeper for the matches of like the local, um, we call it an LBC. It's basically like the local boxing community. Uh, it's broken up into regions. But yeah, I, I work as an official for the uh, Gulf area of Texas for the USA Boxing. Very interesting. That's pretty cool. Uh, by the way, Sack by BMAC on Twitter. Uh, again, Sack by BMAC if you want to follow Brian. Hey, thanks a bunch, man. It's been too long. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Always uh, fun to be on the show. All right, quick wrap-up. Just want to remind everybody, LockedOnTexans.com with uh, all the information that you need on our podcast as well as we have pieces written by Nathan, Jeff, Joe, Andy, Brandon, and Calvin, our whole team over there. Go check that out. Brian has got you covered on everything going on in Houston sports on HouseOfHouston.com. It's a fan side affiliate, my Houston Sports Talk podcast. With my co-host, R.G. Seal, we do that weekly, occasional guest as well, uh, Rockets, Astros, all that stuff over on Houston Sports Talk. Uh, we'll talk to you again for the Sunday postgame show unless something crazy happens between now and then. So have a great weekend, and we'll catch up with you then. That's all we got for this one. Thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.